Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Padres deadline editions and kind of doing our evaluations about six weeks in, I would say, right now. Um, so we're going to be going over each of the guys and kind of where we feel like they're at. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we're also going to talk about potentially re-signing each of these players. So we're going to go through, kind of talk about how they've performed. Um, keep in mind, this is not a very large sample size, so that also is kind of going to play a part in this, but also kind of where we think like the Padres, like where they will go and, and what direction they will kind of go with these guys. Um, now, I think the big discussion that we'll probably have at the end is re-signing Brandon Drury or Josh Bell if both of those guys do become available. But with that said, we're going to go through. It's Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell, and Josh Hader. So we're going to talk about each of those guys. Um, and Isaac, before I turn it over to you to kind of talk about how you feel like they've performed, I'm just going to go quickly over their numbers on the Padres. Um, Juan Soto currently has a 767 OPS. He's hitting 231 um, with almost just under a uh, 400 on base percentage in San Diego, only four home runs. Brandon Drury, Drury's hit around 230, 726 OPS. Um, and he has seven home runs. So a lot more home runs, but he's not getting on base at a very high clip at all, just around 270. Um, Josh Bell, who came to San Diego and literally had the biggest slump of his career to start his uh, his tenure out here, he's hitting just over 200. He's at 204. He has a 611 OPS. Um, he's, he's struggled pretty bad, only three home runs. And then the last guy, Josh Hader, as we know, Josh Hader came over as well. And immediate struggles um he's definitely calmed down a lot in terms of what his numbers were but he still has a whip at a 2.1 and an era almost at 11 right now at a 10 9 7 so his numbers were actually way worse before he had a 25 era um like a couple weeks into his time in san diego um but he's looked a lot better lately so isaac how are you feeling about these four guys and and what's your kind of evaluation on them right now um on september 21st it's kind of tough to gauge right now just because there was a certain period where yeah you know maybe the players had to acclimate get used to being in a padre uniform playing i mean you got to think about it this way most of them came except for hater came from aspiring to be you know just a win 60 70 games whatever it is now you're playing for world series contender so there's definitely an acclimation process uh process in that aspect um we had been saying it kind of all along. We're not worried about Juan Soto long term, but the problem was this whole time that we needed Juan Soto to turn it on now because we're in the midst of a playoff race where, I mean, we had to start. We really needed to start winning games and pulling ourselves ahead of the Brewers. Now that he's gotten hot, we've won four games in a row and we're pulling away from the Brewers. Magic number has become 10. Essentially, if the Padres play 500 baseball the rest of the way, the Brewers have to win, I believe, 10 plus games in the next 14 to be even, you know, try and compete for a playoff spot so that's kind of a good thing and it's really nice that he's getting hot right now at the right time we talk about it all the time these players need to get hot at the right time and that's how world series that's how world series champions are made they get hot at the right time the potters are doing just that right now obviously yesterday mike clevenger gave us a little bit of a shock when he went five and two thirds no no runs allowed but it was a good shock it was great to see um but Juan Soto, you know, that's a guy we were never worried about long term. Came come 2023, we're like, he's gonna do Juan Soto things. Now, if, you know, for those of you who don't know, Juan Soto's always been, and I actually didn't know this before he became a Padre. Obviously, I don't really watch the Nationals, but he's always had those really up. Like you look at his his numbers, his statistical numbers, they're always up, down, up, down, up, down. Like he's a very he can be a very streaky hitter. 
But at the very top of his peak is one of the best hitters to ever play the game. And that's hopefully the hitter that we're getting right now. So with that being said, of course, that's somebody you want to bring back for the long term. I mean, if you can lock up a, a core of Manny Machado, uh, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, and Joe Musgrove, yeah, you're looking good in the future. So, um, of course, that's somebody you want to bring back. Going to Josh Bell, I think kind of the, one of the biggest um, debates has been, who do you want to bring back next year? Do you want to bring back Josh Bell or do you want to bring back Brandon Jury? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it. I truly don't. But – I would prefer Josh Bell. I know Josh Bell is not putting up the numbers Brandon Jury is right now, but you guys got to remember that like baseball is one of those sports where people normally perform to their statistical means. This is Brandon Jury's breakout. This is his first year where he's really putting on, right? Josh Bell has done it for a few years. He's been an all-star before to the point where like I have enough confidence in Josh Bell to be able to come back next year on around the same amount of money or even less that he's making right now and be able to put up the numbers that he normally does. So that's why I kind of want Josh Bell over Brandon Jury. But like I said, whoever the Padres feels right, I think it'll be a good decision because I think both will provide value to the Padres um, next year. Uh, obviously, Brandon Jury's kind of been better right now just because he is hitting home runs with runners on and he's bringing guys in. And that's kind of something that you want out of your cleanup or your fifth hole. And that's kind of where he's been slotted. Obviously, he's not playing today, um, but he's definitely been been solid out of that role. Um, even playing for his base at times, Will Myers, Josh, maybe not Josh Bell as of late, but Will Myers and Brandon Jury have been switching off, and it's been a huge, it's been so refreshing. And I can speak for every Padre fan, it's been so refreshing to have an athlete at first base, a real athlete, someone who can actually freaking move. You know, it's like that's me complimenting Will. You guys know I don't compliment Will very much, but it's nice to have an athlete at first base. He looks the part, so that's very good. Um, but I'd be satisfied whoever plays for his base next year as long as Brandon Jury or Josh Bell. Um, come Josh Hader, I mean, obviously he's on arbitration. This month, five appearances, one run. So he's got, obviously gotten a lot better. His last three appearances, he has, what, six, seven strikeouts? So he's starting to strike out, guys. I would assume if we're winning tonight, he's going to come out come out in that closer role today just because Garcia closed yesterday. Obviously, it wasn't really a safe situation, so you didn't really need Hader to come out there. Today, if we're in a safe situation, you're going to see Josh Hader because Martinez pitched yesterday, Garcia pitched yesterday. He's going to come in today. So I think we're kind of looking at sort of a, a bounce back from Josh Hader, but I need to see it one or two more times before I can really be confident in him to be able to do that, um, to be able to go back into that role successfully. And something we were talking about was you need to take him out of there for a little bit. Throw Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia in there, and they did that for a while, and it's still very, it's still been successful. But now they're starting to reacclimate Hater into that role. And that's what you, if you're going to win a World Series, you need somebody like that coming out in, a, in that closer role. So, um, you know, it's been very refreshing to see out of Josh Hater. But overall, ah, man, it's hard to say I'm satisfied with all of their performances. Um, I'm not like being completely honest. I'm not very satisfied with all their performances, but. It is very refreshing knowing that they're starting to come around. You know, that acclimation process, I understand, can be a tough one. But now they're starting to come around. Brandon Jury's hitting his hitting his bombs. Josh Bell, man, you know, whatever. But he, he might, if he turns it around, it's very, very scary Padres lineup. Juan Soto, Josh Hader are turning it around right now, too. Yeah, I like that you kind of bring up, like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't been satisfied. Because I definitely, I don't think anyone has been satisfied with how, like, because you look at, like, okay, we add these three guys to the heart of the lineup. 
we had the best closer in the game. That's kind of the thought process of the trade deadline, right? <laughs> then immediately your, your closer looks like the worst player in the sport. Um, and he, he looks a lot better now. I, whatever was wrong with him, he looks fixed. I will say that. Um, cause it was like, he, dude, he couldn't throw a strike, bro. Like, he literally could not throw a strike. It felt like at times, um, but he looks a lot better. A uh, hater does. And then the lineup, like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh yeah, Brandon Drury has been great. Like he hasn't been great. I know a lot of people feel like that because he's hit a lot of home runs, but if you actually look at his overall numbers, they're not too good. One, one little asterisk to that. He's had like three home runs, Rob, too. So like it would look a lot better if he had 10 home runs in six weeks on, on the Padres where he missed like a week and a half too, or even made like two weeks. Um, he missed a while. Uh, but it, it definitely has been underwhelming when you look at it from what they how they perform right now. But the thing is, I don't really want to like fully judge them until we've gone through the postseason, until, especially for Soto, until we've seen Soto throughout this year and the next two years and we see what happens with his contract. Um, you kind of alluded to like, of course, you want to resign Juan Soto. I, I completely agree. Like, I, I don't think there's really a discussion they had. Like, you're, they're going to do everything they can to bring him back. Um, in terms of Hater, I remember when Hater was really struggling. We talked about it a little bit. I don't know if we did, but I, I saw people on Twitter at least talking about it a little bit of basically like, hey, do you want to bring this guy back? Like, do you want to pay him a lot of money for arbitration? I think you do. Um, and one thing that I was just kind of thinking about when we were talking about it right now, because I, I do feel like Hater's fixed. I feel like Hater's going to be fine. Um, I expect him to be your primary closer for the rest of the season. I expect him to be the guy come playoff time that's going to go and, and close the door, which I feel way more confident now that I've actually seen him pitch how he has in the past. It just looked like it was a really bad rough spot. But he's only 28. I kind of wonder if what if you kind of do a little buy low extension? Just an interesting thing. I don't know if Hater would even be like open to that because like this would be the worst time for him ever to do an extension. Um, but it would be interesting to see like, oh yeah, you you re-sign him or whatever. I don't know. We, we might have to do a topic on that in the offseason, but I think it's a little bit interesting of like how you could kind of navigate with Hater. But he's 100% going to be back. Juan Soto, 100% going to be back. Um, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell. Drury's definitely been the better guy this season. Um, but if I was going to bank on like who's going to be better throughout their future... I'm going to go Josh Bell too, dude. I, I I think you're right there. And and I also think like, yes, Josh Bell has struggled, but I still have faith in him for the rest of the season. Like he has such a long resume of playing really well that it would, it would really suck if it's like, yep, Josh Bell was on the pod. Cause we've been talking about Josh Bell for like almost the whole length of the, that we, that we've been doing the show of like, Oh, Josh Bell would be such a sweet addition. Imagine if we had Josh Bell instead of Eric Hosmer. Like we've talked about it so much times at first base. Um, like, oh, imagine that switch right there. If Josh Bell plays half a season in San Diego and barely hits over 200 with a roughly a 300 slugging, that's going to suck, dude. That's going to suck so bad. He's a great guy. Like, I, he's a very easy player to root for and stuff. So I would like to see Josh Bell back. I have no idea what a contract would look like. Um, probably like 10 million a year for a couple years, 10, 15. I, I don't know. I'm guessing that's probably what it'll be like. Um, but I do hope that he can kind of turn it up at the end, for the rest of the season. He hasn't really been like super hot or anything where like Soto looks like he's flipping the switch. Um, but like, dude, you you got to like hope that he kind of regresses to the mean and he comes back to being a guy that hits around like a mid 800 OPS because right now he's barely scraping over 600. And I do think a lot of that stuff is like new new area to play in. Like whenever you trade for a bunch of guys, it's probably not going to look that good. That's also something like, we talked about it. Do we said like 
yeah, you trade, you go and you trade for a new heart of the order. You're probably going to have a little bit of a struggle at first. And we definitely felt that. Um, but all of a sudden right now, I'm not feeling like, I feel like I had a lot of like a lack of confidence in what this team would look like come postseason. I'm feeling a little, uh, not a little better. I'm feeling a lot better over this past like week or so than I did um, beforehand. So I am happy that that's been the case. And to be honest, they're still playing well. They've jumped a wild card spot and all of that has been done when all of these deadline acquisitions have not produced. Like if you just look at it from all these guys combined, it's not very good at all. So it's rough because like you went and you traded for these guys at the deadline, but we don't really know the full story of what these acquisitions mean because let's say Josh Bell really struggles for even the rest of the regular season and come playoff time, Josh Bell is a freaking monster. Then we're going to feel a lot different about Josh Bell. So I would rather just rock with, I, I like, like looking back on the deadline. I still like that they were aggressive. I still like that they did this stuff. Um, also, Fernando got suspended after that. And I think that totally screwed up the team too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm kind of at with the overall evaluation of this team. But anything you want to add on this evaluation or, or some of the stuff I kind of brought up contract wise for these guys? Um, no, I mean, you already brought up Fernando getting suspended kind of ruined what what was in mind. What was in mind was you got Fernando leading off Manny, you know, Juan Soto second, Manny third. Like that was the plan the whole time. So when the trade happened, it was it made all the sense in the world because you were going to have Soto, Machado, and Tatis together for three pennant races. Didn't happen. Now it's only two. But, I mean, granted, that's still – that's still I think it's still worth the, the amount that we gave up. Yeah, we gave up two – the number one and number two prospects at one point. But, you know, that, that, at the end of the day, that's what they are. They're just prospects. Hey, um, but, don't, but don't sleep on Campy and Merrill. I gotta add that. No, can't, dude, Campy's a baller, man. Merrill's a baller too. Dylan Lesko just got drafted by the Padres, and I mean, I, I do still feel confident that the farm system will be built back up. And we talk about pitchers, like a pitcher that that I think I forgot his name, Kodai. He's from he's from Japan or something like that. But dude throws a, a solid ninety mile per hour fastball with a deadly forkball. I mean, he's been one of the best pitchers over there for a while. Um, that's somebody that I think the Padres are going to look into. And I fully expect, you know how AJ Preller is with those international guys. I fully expect us to be one of the last two, three teams that this guy, I forgot his last name, Segua, something like that. But um, that's going to be, I'm looking it up right now. That's going to be one, Kodai Senga. That's going to be a guy that I think AJ Preller is going to go hard after because I know he wants to come to the MLB. So um, that's a picture that we're probably going to talk about over the offseason where like, I feel confident enough that Preller is going to be able to still build a team despite giving up the farm system. Now, the problem is some of these guys just don't pan out because the Padres haven't bought into the new new thing of analytics. It, at least that's what we've seen as of late, you know, in terms of different studies and stuff like that. How many guys are in the analytical department and stuff like that? So that's the issue. But in terms of just building the roster and being able to build the farm, if there's anyone I'm confident in to be able to build a top five, top ten farm system again in the next two or three years, it's AJ Preller for sure. Panning out is what's kind of been difficult for the Padres. No, that's that's absolutely true. But I, I think that's probably gonna do it for today's episode. So thank you guys for listening. I, I think we're gonna be going live after tomorrow's game, and then we'll have another episode out, kind of just going over the Padres starting rotation and evaluating that kind of side of it for this season. Um, and then we'll also talk about 
I mean, you already brought up a, another guy I like to potentially fill like that fifth spot. Um, but we'll be talking about kind of, do you bring back Manaya? Do you bring back Clef? What do those deals look like? Um, but we will be kind of evaluating the full uh, pitching rotation and, and that the whole, not the whole pitching rotation, but the whole starting rotation and kind of how they've all performed over the duration of the season. Um, and that episode will be out on Friday. With that said, thank you guys for listening and hopefully the Padres win tonight. <laughs>